Welcome listeners to episode 68 of the Rocket Punch cast. I'm your host with the most, Cameron, here with the Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan himself, Will. What's going on? I wish. <laughs> but no, I am nowhere near that. We all wish, you know. You, you I, never know if your hair might flicker a little blue. And I'd rather be Krillin. Well, you're getting close. You already got <laughs> the, the top half down. Just going to get rid of the bottom half here and get some dots for your forehead and you'll be good to go. I mean, we can shave my head and keep the dot and get the dots, but the beard stays. <laughs> Did, but Krillin never had a beard. Well, no, he just shaves it all the time. Yeah, he shaves it all the he time. He also That's used right. to wax his head to keep it smooth. <laughs> the stuff they throw in the Dragon Ball canon. Oh man, how are you? How are you this week? I am good. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear it's still kind of post E3 calm down here before the storm. AKA, I think August is when everything's gonna come to a head and actually as we report this evo is going on that is true yes broke news trunks finally got the official reveal he so rightly deserves in dragon ball fighter c with the game i will continue to talk about until the game releases once it releases i will continue to talk about it even after that so (laughs) welcome i've decided and i'm gonna go ahead and make the executive decision this is now the dragon cast (laughs) i don't even want to know what that I'm trying to visualize how that entails in my mind. It's hurting my brain a lot. <laughs> but I mean, we're well, jumping in. Yeah, let's talking some table talk here. What what have you been playing this week, man? Uh, I've uh, finally returned to Breath of the Wild. Ooh, okay. Yes. Well, how's that been? It's good. I'm two Guardian Beasts down, two to go. Okay. It, um, have you enjoyed it? Oh yeah, no, it's great. I mean, it's a Zelda game. Of course, you've enjoyed it, but. I know with our game of the year kind of progress report, hopefully it's hitting those buttons that it needs to hit. Oh, no, no, no. This game continues to hit buttons. I think it's insanely stupid that I can track my last 200 hours of gameplay <sighs> in the map by holding X. <sighs> That's wild. You see the little squiggly line. It's like, but this is where you've been. <laughs> like, and it's what? just like, I've been everywhere but the Gerudo Valley. I, I don't think I've even been that, around that way. Yeah, I need to get, that's, I talked about it last week. I've played Horizon Zero Dawn. I finished that. Breath of the Wild is the next game up on my list. But it's, <laughs> games keep coming out. And I just picked up Final Fantasy twelve, The Zodiac Age. Yes. I've been playing that this week. Had a lot of fun with that. I, I have a lot of nostalgia, a lot of memories held within that game. And they did a very good job with the remake. I'll definitely say that. I've played at least four hours of it so far. And everything from the graphical enhancements to, you know, in, you've played Final Fantasy games before. You know when you have to, like, walk around and do quests where you have to go talk to this person who's way on the other side of the map? Yep. Now they have in the this remaster, if you hit L1, it pushes the game speed to four times. Oh, thank That's, you, Jesus! So literally, you're you're just like speed running across the map now. So when you have to go talk to somebody, I'm like, "Whoop, speed!" I feel like I'm Lucio. Speed boost. <laughs> <laughs> just go over there and turn my quests in. But uh, that's been a whole lot of fun. I've been playing that. I've got to. I'll probably end up putting that down. I want to pick up the strategy guide, and there's nostalgia in there for why I want the strategy guide for this game, and um, probably pick up Breath of the Wild. I need I need to get back into that. That is a game I want to finish before end of the year. We need to finish it before we go to BlizzCon so we can play Mario Kart on the way back. 
Why not both? <laughs> <laughs> because if I'm not done with that, we're going to be playing Splatoon and Mario Kart. Fair enough, fair enough. What other stuff have you been playing? Um, Playing, uh, well, I'm trying to get you back into WoW. Try Look, look, <laughs> there's not a try. I, I want to play, but I need people to play with. I've, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I will say it to everyone here now. I will play World of Warcraft when I have people to play. I think that game is infinitely better when you have like a group of friends. You join on like a certain day of the week. You go do dungeons and raids and things like that. If, the only problem, the only problem has to be fucking Horde. Oh, <laughs> ah, filthy, nasty Horde. Oh, I can't, um, can't take it. So some other friends of Rocket Punch, uh, Sabrina and her husband, Jake, they are also playing Horde right now. If that makes you feel any better. They fall into the cause. I know. In all seriousness, I I do enjoy the lore. I know there are very few classes that I would play if I played Horde. It would probably be an orc or a blood elf. Like just right. being completely real. All right, so we got the race down. <laughs> now, what class are you going to play? I haven't decided yet. Depends on what race I choose. I guess really, but it it's definitely something I want to play as well. <clears throat> so it how, how has Legion been? Uh, you'll have to ask Sabrina more than me. I've been absent a large part of that because of Rocket Punch duties. Oh, so it's it's Rocket Punch's fault. We're trying to bring information to the people, and we can't. Oh no, no, it's just saying that's that's pulled from my uh, vast amount of time. So WoW has fallen on priority. Oh, I hear you on that one. Anything else? Been a pretty quiet week for you. I fixed my battle station. Like the Death Star? Your Lego Death Star? I, I wish I had a Death Star. Even the Lego one. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, my wireless card and one of my fans went out on my tower, so I haven't been using it. Well, that is very important to get fixed, if you, especially if you want to jump back into the world of Warcraft. Yeah, I mean, you know, I can play it on the MacBook, but it's just not the same. You gotta have that that power, that raw graphical prowess, so you can bump those World of Warcraft graphics up to Ultra, because you know that makes a difference. Yeah, what was it on Ultra, 100 frames a second in Orgrimmar it's while like, it's busy? It's like 120. I, I, no, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. What my card does right now. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, most you really don't have to have anything that crazy to get a 60 to 100 frames per second in Orgrimmar. I know Stormwind, depending on your server, is super crazy. I don't know. Org is usually pretty busy, man. Yeah, it depends on your server, too. If your server is more Horde-centric. This one is. Of course it is. Stupid Horde. This isn't Tank and Spank. This is the Rocket Punch It's also a PvP server, so get ready. (laughs) Oh, God. I hate P... uh, I don't... I've never cared for PvP in World of Warcraft. Never. (laughs) Uh, One thing... One other thing I I wanted to talk about of course, talked about Final Fantasy XII, Zodiac Age. If you are a fan of Final Fantasy XII or Final Fantasies in general, I would definitely consider giving that game a look. It's really great. They did a really good job with the remaster. Really impressed with it. The other game I played was Splatoon 2. The Splatfest happened this weekend. Uh, this Saturday, it was Team Cake versus Team Ice Cream. The pro- now, let's go ahead and make this clear. The proper team won. Hashtag Team Ice Cream. Good. In the house. They're the ones who won. Congrats to them, all of us who um, took that away from Team Cake. Team Cake, you're going down forever. And I I did play a little bit of it. Did not play enough to generate a full impression on Splatoon 2, but I'd have to say I wasn't too crazy about it. Really? 
I I don't know. Now I will say that I played it in handheld mode. I was watching TV or doing something else, and I remembered, oh crap, the Splatfest is going on. So I jumped in to play a little bit of it, and I played like two or three matches. And it may just be me figuring out the controls. I really did not like the fact that they have motion controls set up from the start. Like in order to aim up and down, you have to use the motion controls. And I was like, no, turn that off. And good thing you can turn that off in the settings. I was really happy about that, but I don't know. I think it's just something that I need to play a little bit more of the game to get a feel for if I really like it or not. I'm not sure, but I, it really wasn't pulling me like the, the squid. I guess for the Splatfest, it really felt like I created a character. I went through this training and I was kind of just thrown out in the world. There was a lot going on. I didn't know where to go when they're like, sign up for a team. And I'm like, where do I go for that? Go. I tried to go straight and went too far, then looked around and realized that there's this small little TV up at the front that you go and talk to in order to say, oh, I'm team cake or team ice cream. So I'm definitely not counting it out, but maybe on release, I'll give it more of a chance. And I'd probably want to sit down with that on the TV first before I go into handheld mode, just to kind of get a better feel for the game. You have a pro controller? I don't. I, I, I oh. like, I don't, it's cool, but not however much money that is like $80. Like it's not $80 cool. 70 bucks, but yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's more expensive than the Xbox one and PS4 controllers. And I have a hard enough time paying for one of those. Remember when times were much simpler and controllers were relatively inexpensive, like 40 bucks got you like an N64 controller. I don't remember the prices. I mean, I, if you wanted the cheap ones, yeah, they weren't made by <laughs> Nintendo. If you wanted the, the Mad Cats ones for like 1999 that were clear and you saw the guts and had the turbo mode. You <laughs> Rip Mad Cats. Oh, yeah, they're not a thing anymore. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that is kind of sad. And their uh, discount bargain bin memory cards. Oh, I th I'm pretty sure I still have like one or two somewhere around in this, well, along with like a Game Shark. <laughs> for all the all the old people like us that remember what Game Sharks are. Dude, Game Shark, Game Genies. I never played with the Game Genie. Never did that. It was the Game Boy version. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. But yeah, that was my week. It sounds like we had pretty good weeks as far as gaming goes. One big event, at least coming up this week, I'm pretty excited about. Uh, our One of our friends of the show, Chris from Credible Threat Gaming, gave a nice little interest for one of the local kind of up-and-coming comic book shops, Asylum Comics. They're apparently having a casual game night this Friday, 21st of July. So if you are listening to this and you are in the Huntsville, Alabama area, definitely swing by Asylum Comics. Check out their casual game night. They're going to have a bunch of games there. I think a lot of board games. Uh, there's talk of a D&D &D campaign, which I've really had an itch to get back into a D&D. Haven't played in a long time. So that would be really cool to do. Yeah. If I'm off, I'll have to bring the Switch and the DS. Well, those are almost required. You can make friends. Give out your friend code because that's still relevant for Nintendo. <laughs> hey, man, at least they're trying. They they're let you search people now based off of like, hey, have you like played with this person before? That's true. They're getting better. That's true. Baby steps, I guess. Yeah. They're, they're from Japan so that everything moves at the speed of continental drift. Remember, the evolution of the Pokemon franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, where did that even come from? But 
you know what, Will? We're not here to talk about continental drift. Oh, we're, no? We're here to talk about video games and the microphones because this is Rocket Punch. That's what we do here all day, every day. You can always check out our content over at rocketpunchgo.com. That's where you're going to find all of our podcasts, all of our videos. We're going to be streaming, live streaming. We've got some plans in the works. Maybe get the Destiny 2 beta streaming this week. Fingers crossed. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. what. I, I don't know. I've heard there's going to be a bunch of network issues. <sighs> I can't wait for those. <laughs> but that's also going to be the place where you can check out all of our other content like Tank and Spank, our Blizzard-based podcast, a Creator Spotlight, our Creator Podcast there. You'll also be able to um, check out all of our videos and our streams as they go live. If you're always looking to support the show, please, please, please swing over to patreon.com slash rocket punch for as little as a dollar a month. You can get awesome little rewards like free wallpaper packs, access to our discord, bonus episodes, all sorts of stuff just for helping us support the show. Keep the lights going as well. And you, you, it really helps us out, especially when stuff fails or when we want to try and do cool events and get stuff for you guys. Um, Patreon is where we go to really voice those concerns and use that to help put back into the project there. So now that we're done with table talk, let's get into our topics of the show. We're going to get the, this is a little weird. I'm changing it up on us. I'm flipping the script. We're going to talk about this, the really big serious one first, and then we're going to have the lighthearted one last kind of end on the, end on the high note. I, I, I think I can't believable. <laughs> is that a word? I'm going to look that up later. Yeah, don't worry about it. I heard that years ago. <laughs> the first thing we're going to talk about, or, or it may sound weird. You might be like, what? We're going to talk about release dates. We're talking about game announcements. That's what we're going to talk about. Okay. Um, don't know if you've been following. Listeners will, the past weekend we've had, or really just the last week, we've had a couple of notable kind of blips on the radar as far as release dates go. Uh, the first big one was uh, Nino Kuni 2, The Revenant Kingdom. Big game, really cool RPG. I think a lot of people slept on the first one, um, myself included. I really wish I would have had a chance to play them on the PlayStation 3. Um, the sequel is coming. It did get pushed out. I think it's a two-month delay. It was originally scheduled to come out in November. Now it's coming out in January. I'll let you borrow it. Oh, you have it? I have the first one, yes. I'd, I'd, I'd have to get the P- PlayStation 3 as well. I also have one. Oh, really? <laughs> of course. Yeah, you, you. Before the show, we talked about how all the systems you got set up in your nice little shrine in your room at your house. Wish I was that cool. Wish I thought ahead before I sold my consoles off. But yeah, the, the release date got pushed back two months to uh, next year. So basically, it's a 2018 game now. And... That was one of the notable ones. Then the more recent one, <laughs> we watched it before the show. Kingdom Hearts 3 had a, a new trailer over at the D23 Expo. It's like the <laughs> Disney Expo. Yeah. Uh, they showed more of the game. They showed that now uh, there is a toy, toy Story world in the game. And that's a big deal. I think it's the first Pixar planet or realm that they've been to in the series. There's so many games I can't remember. Somebody please correct me on that if I'm wrong. <laughs> and I told you what made me really laugh is at the end of this trailer, in big cursive letters, it says coming 2018. And I laughed. It's <laughs> like, there's no way. There's no way. Um, I can 
I guarantee 100% right now we won't see that game before 2020. I I love I I don't know I don't know about 2020, but I just I loved Jason Schreier's comment from Kotaku, his tweet. He he just said, "Well, I guess I better go ahead and prepare now." And a picture of like the templates he uses for typing articles, and it was blank. And it was saved, and at the very top, the header just said "Kingdom Hearts 3 delayed to 2019." And I was like, oh, "You're you're on it, Jason. You're on the pulse of video game news." And it, hearing hearing these two dates, along with this, a conversation that I had heard on another podcast from Kind of Funny, the Kind of Funny Games Daily mm-hmm. podcast. Um, him and Danny, Greg Miller, and Danny O'Dwyer kind of had a answered a question for somebody about this, but. Wanted to talk about game release dates and video games announcements, release dates, and things like that. One of the big questions for this topic being, are games being announced too early? Are they being announced too late? Is there is there a sweet spot that all games need to follow? What are your thoughts? What do you think, Will? Well, I can honestly say that... Um well, let me start it off with the big the big one here. Final Fantasy versus 13. What we now to, as today know as Final Fantasy 15. I was going to say, yeah. It was in development for a decade. Over that. I mean, you, you, Deep Cuts, you got that. Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah. Duke, Duke Nukem Forever. Oh, my God. Um, what's the other one that was like Vaporware we never believed would come out? The Last Guardian. Yeah, that one. Beyond Good and Evil 2. <laughs> Which is supposedly going to happen. Yes, yes, it's happening. They have a trailer. Fine, like we'll see. Are they using PS2 graphics? <laughs> no, no. the The trailer actually looked really good, and they've shown some concept stuff. So they've got the game built. They're just continuing on with it. But people have been talking about that game for years. Well, th- didn't Beyond Good and Evil come out like PS2 GameCube era? It did. I think it. I think it was a great GameCube. I'd, I'd have to look it up. Yeah, but I mean, so. The fact that they've been working on it for all this time. Now, obviously not every single day, but it's these games were in development for years. Yeah. But Duke Nukem Forever took decade plus. It was it was around a decade, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. So they just fell into development hell. Yeah. I mean, we watched the trailer from when Final Fantasy 15 was Final Fantasy versus 13. And you made the comment like the tone felt really different from. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Noctis was. Imagine if uh, Sephiroth had a child, and that's what I felt when I watched that. It it felt emo. Well, if you watched Final Fantasy Advent Children, you would know that he already had a child, and there's this weird convoluted thing. I didn't. I didn't. Really Wait, we're going to Advent Children. Yeah, I didn't know we turned no, into the Final Fantasy we're, cast. We're gonna we're gonna go back. We're gonna pull it back. I don't want to talk about that movie. It even with Kingdom Hearts three, we had. The first trailer was in 2013. Current, right. now in development. Now it is 2017. That's when they first confirmed they were developing it. The last time we had a, a properly numbered Kingdom Hearts game was 2005. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts two before the the sandwich called whatever list of games we pulled up. We looked at them and we're like, what is it? remake slash remaster hell? Well, not even just, not all of them are remakes, but birth by sleep and three eighty five slash two days. That was three fifty eight by two. I don't even know. 
it was the it was a Game Boy Nintendo game. and Game Boy games. I I don't even care. I told you before the show, I can't wait until we get the, uh, when Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out and IGN does the, like, all, everything you need to know about the Kingdom Hearts story in under X amount of minutes, because I bet money that thing is going to be like 20 to 30 minute videos, not any of this eight minute quick video thing that... Nah, dude. You know there's going to be like a no clip series on it. <laughs> that would be interesting to see. But as far as just getting back on the question of are they being released... Well, as far as release dates, what are your feelings on them? What are your thoughts? I, I feel, and I don't want to steal any, uh, you know, thunder here, but the whole process of announcing an E3, launching in November, did Fallout 4 more justice than anybody can imagine. Yeah, that was one of the bright spots that a lot of people talk about now was when, was it 2015? Or, yeah, it was 2015 yeah. when Fallout 4 was... Hey, we announced it in E3. It's coming out this November. Like, and everyone was like, "Yeah, sure." Bing, and then it happened. Yeah, bing, bang, boom. <laughs> so I, I love the idea of not announcing something until it's ready to go. At the same time, though, how are you going to gauge your demand for a game like that? It, so, and at, they Bethesda is in a good spot where they they know that if they drop an Elder Scrolls game a properly numbered Elder Scrolls game or a properly numbered Fallout, there will be massive demand at this yeah. point. They're, they're at that point where they're going to be like, if we make one of these and we do our jobs, we will make bank. Yeah. And it's interesting, especially the conversations I listen to on um, the Kind of Funny podcast and bringing this topic over to the Rocket Punch cast. They made good points. Uh, some I'd have to think about, but... One of the examples that is always brought up now is the Fallout 4 example. Hey, here's the game. Six months later, boom, it's out. And one of the reasons for <clears throat> announcing a game from, you know, its announcement when it's revealed until its release date is brand is awareness. Getting that awareness out there. Yep. And when you have game a game like Fallout or would take some of the games that we were talked about kingdom hearts or final fantasy. I think that those games, as far as announcing those games are going to be a little bit different from say other games like Nino Kuni. Like you, you think about Nino Kuni two, if that was a game that went the fallout four method and said, Oh, it got announced at E three. And then it came out six months later with all of the deluge of games we have right now, would that have really been enough time for the developers over at Square and to get, you know, show everybody this is what this game's about within that period of time and build up hype for it and then say, boom, it's out? That one possibly. Now, if we were talking like a Killzone game, maybe not. Yeah, it, it, may, it may be longer or shorter depending on the game. You you think about game you know King, Kingdom Hearts. <sighs> I would probably say there's enough hype around that series right now. People are in love with Kingdom Hearts that you could probably swing the Fallout Four method. It might even help some people, especially with the extremely Grand Canyon sized gap between two and three. To say, you know what, we're just going to talk about this game when we have like a relative time. To... For perspective, an entire console generation happened in between these two games. Yeah. And that's if this makes it out on the PS4. Yeah. 
And <laughs> who knows? It may not. It could be the PS5 or the Xbox. <laughs> you know. The 720. <laughs> the, yeah, X, you, the Xbox 2. <laughs> don't, I don't know what. Please don't. I don't know what they would call it. Next console. But it's interesting having this conversation about release dates. Another thing that has to be tied in, I guess, weaving it in now to kind of talk about everything as a whole or indie games and early access titles. Like, what what are your thoughts on how indie games and early access titles kind of rope into announcing a game? Because you have indie games that are, as far as on the visibility scale, can be very low. Those can fly very under radar and even... You know, if it's a, especially with indie games, people tend to be like, what is this game about? A lot of those bigger games, usually a lot of people tend to go off of faith. Like, okay, I, you know, this is from 2K Studios or from Square Enix. I've, I've got a feeling this game's going to be pretty good as opposed to an indie game, say, from the guys who make Astroneer or, or uh, the publisher Chucklefish. Yeah, Chucklefish for Stardew Valley is like, oh, you know, show me a little bit more about this game. Give me some more details. Tell me what's going on. Which is interesting because a lot of the times your indie games, you're not spending as much. But your AAA games, you're spending 60 bucks for a full game. That may be great, may not be great. You well, know? And, and the big issue there is not everybody on the indie scene is doing as good a job as, you know, the others where... And I hate saying this, but at least on the AAA, you know, the publishing giant behind it is giving some kind of seal of like, hey, this is going to be, you know, worth your money. Like doing nothing forever. Yeah. That was worth it. <laughs> Definitely worth your money. <laughs> I never bought that. <laughs> like, I'm playing devil's advocate here, but. No, no, right. And then you look at uh, Concerned Ape and what he did with Stardew Valley, and that is worth buying two to five times. I mean, the game is awesome for what it is, and I want it everywhere. Oh, it's coming. Oh, no. I've got it on PS4. I've got it on PC, and I'm going to buy it on Switch. <laughs> it's coming. Don't worry. It's only like 15 bucks too, so yeah, that's a lot easier to justify. It's like at that point, I've given him 45 bucks. I'm still not even the cost of a regular game, and there's more yeah. gameplay in that than the new Call of Duties. And yeah. I, I don't mean like gameplay as in like, I mean time investment. You know, because of the type of game it is. So yeah, if, it's a little if, different. If you're not a multiplayer fan, then Call of Duties, which is very multiplayer driven, is not going to suffice it for you. But even with the, the just even bringing indie games in or even talking about early access titles where a game is it kind of blur early access really blurs the line between a game announcement because the game is announced way before it's done. But you're kind of. By purchasing that early access title, you are saying I am delving into the development of this game to help. I, I understand by by clicking by, you understand this is early access. This game isn't complete. It's going to have bugs. There's going to be issues. I'm here to help, kind of build that process up. And and you have like player on no battlegrounds right now, and people are in love with that game, and it's early access, and they delayed their release, and it seems to be going okay. I haven't heard a lot of negative bash, backlash on that. When, or you have um, what was the uh, the colossal flop? Which one? Uh, if Seth were here, he would know. Um, you got, I'm, I'm thinking of a lot of colossal flops. No, no, right, but it was one where it was one of the survival games, and it just. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Seth would know. Yeah, that's more of his shtick of games, but that like 
we've had we've seen several on Steam where like they just flop and never come out and actually get it was, fully released. It was Daisy. Was it Daisy? Yeah. I don't know if it was Daisy, but like Seth made off mic, Seth made a pretty valid, good, thought provoking point of the reason why Daisy will never come out of early access is because if they do, then people will can return it. Can return it and everybody will return that, especially with PUBG out. Like yeah. people are gonna return that game. And just I mean what do you really like? I'll give you my thoughts on it. Yeah, go for it. One of my thoughts on release dates is I think it, while the Fallout 4 example is what everybody, we, we would all love to do and what everybody wants to do, I think that in the grander scheme of things of the gaming industry and the gaming business, being one of the key words there, the business, is that doing these announcements and whatnot are somewhat necessary. If, if games were announced, if, if all games followed the Fallout 4 method, then we, I think one of the things that excites me, and and I'm going to bring up Sony a little bit as well, because I think they're good to talk about right now, <clears throat> are that I like the game. I love hearing about games that I, I'm going to get soon within the next few months, but I also like knowing, okay, what's, I know the short-term goal. What's your long-term goal? What games are you, what games are on the horizon Horizon. You said what I did there. Uh, it was kind of hard to miss. <laughs> what games are coming that I should be excited about, whether they are a, a year plus, two years, even maybe further that, you know, I, I'm i I'm a Final Fantasy fan. Everybody who listens to the show knows that. And as excited as I am for Final Fantasy VII Remake, I am, my expectation has already been set that that game is not coming out for a while. But... When I'm getting games like even just I'm getting the Final Fantasy 12 remaster, I'm yep. getting Breath of the Wild, I'm getting Horizon, I'm getting Persona 5. I'm, I'm going down this list. We've talked about the games that have yep. been out. Like I'm not. I don't feel bad that I've okay. Final Fantasy 7. You're off my radar. I don't have to. I don't have to worry about you for at least a few years until you get your shit together and then you come out, take your time, make an exemplary game, and having that announcement. Yes, it, it's it's a it's going to be a huge time from the game when that game's first announced to when that game is officially released. But having that announcement lets me know, dude. I know I have games that I'm looking forward to. Take the Kingdom Hearts example. You know, I'm I'm a fan of Kingdom Hearts. I never got into the extra ones after two. I played the first one. I played the second one. I love them. All the little Disney and Square Enix characters intermingled in, but I'm not. You know, <laughs> 2018 for Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> so funny. Well, we all know that the Final Fantasy 7 remake is 2025 minimum. Yeah, minimum, minimum. And, and again, for me, that's okay. But for me as a gamer, I like seeing some of my games. Okay, I know that those games are on the horizon. We talk about this past E3 and God of War. Help, help remind me. God of War, Spider-Man from the Sony press conference days gone. Those are some of the three big hitters. They all had like days gone. Didn't, but they had like 2018 in some form. Yeah. Um, what was the other one that a lot of people were shocked by last guardian shadow of Colossus. Oh, shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. Yeah. Remake the remake in 20 and it said 2018 and like do that. So excited. But even looking at that, those are huge hitters for me as a gamer for me, those are huge hitters. So, if those all those games come out in 2018, 
that's a great 2018, especially with everything else that's coming. But if one or two of those games gets pushed out and says, oh, you know, it's going to be 2019, we want to make the game better, I'm not going to lose sleep over it, and I'm not going to be mad that, oh, this game got announced way before it was released. I don't think that... I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing depending on the game and the strategy that that company goes and takes. You know, sometimes that could bite you in the foot. See Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> oh, know, yeah. See Final Fantasy 15. I think that Final Fantasy 15 is a great game. Very great game. I still got to continue playing it, but I have it. I mean, I bought the special collector's edition. Oh, man, I, I just love all the Coleman camping gear and the uh, oh, cup noodles. <laughs> cup noodle, baby. All about the cup noodle. It, but even so, I think that game could have been much better if they maybe had held off on announcing it and setting that expectation. I mean, we, that trailer we watched before the show was at, in 2008. Yeah, and uh, that trailer, I think, was revealed along the same lines of when Final Fantasy thirteen uh, was... Yeah, it, it was supposed to be... Uh, um, uh, we we're gonna have Nova 13. Crystallis series thing because it was thirteen and versus thirteen, and, and there, I think there was a third game that kind of was supposed to be intermingled in this world together, and it was a cool idea. But even I mean, the, the, the video came up and said four PlayStation three. <laughs> That's how long ago it was, and this was what two thousand eight. I mean, that was early, fairly early in the that lifespan. Yeah, it was. And so, I, at least for a lot of the mainstay games. It for me, it depends. It it really does. I mean, what do you? I so it sounds like you like the Marvel Cinematic Universe approach, where they just line up their roadmap and say, "This is what you get to enjoy through like 2020." Yeah, can't wait for Infinity War, man! I want the tea. Oh, the trailer! I want to see it. I I like a good mix. So games like you know, Elder Scrolls. If they're gonna give me an Elder Scrolls five or a six or a thirty two, whatever. I mean, we'll be able to tell by then. <laughs> if we, we're may still be, alive. we may not be alive depending on the pace they're going. But the point is, it's like, cool, I'm going to pick up that Elder Scrolls game. After last Fallout, I may not. But that's a different that's a different discussion. But at least I know it's like, okay, cool. It's the same. It's essentially the same game. Just one is deep fantasy and magic. And the other one is, you know, post-apocalyptic technology. Yep. Other than that, sweet. Um, now if I hear something along the lines of like, Hey guys, we got another halo. I'm going to look at it and be like, is it a main halo or is it like halo wars? Halo yeah. wars? Nah. Main halo. Yeah. Now if I hear Wargroove and I hear it compared to, which is a little indie game and I get it compared to advanced wars, advanced wars. I'm all about that. I need yep. that in my switch right now. I need it in my life. <laughs> Can't wait. For, they haven't given a date for that. Have they? No, they have not. Know. Um, it's an indie. It's going to take them a while. Take your time. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. But my other thing is like, if I hear a Legion expansions coming, like, okay, cool. I need dates. I need lead up time because there's going to be patches beforehand. There's a lot going on into it. So that makes more sense. That's a good point to bring up world of Warcraft because you don't, I mean, what, how, how would you feel if world of Warcraft, they're like new expansion, it's available in three or four months. So get ready. What? Uh, my head exploded. <laughs> well, not even that, but also think about the players in that world that you were playing and now this expansion has been announced and Blizzard comes in and says, oh, all these achievements, you've only got a set amount window now. 
you've got like a month or two before you can get them before they're gone. As opposed to maybe if you stretch that out and say, Hey, within nine months, maybe a year, we're going to have a new expansion. There's going to be some patches kind of building up to that. You're going to have all this time to get these achievements and get these mounts and get the stuff that you want to get. If you still want legendaries that are still available, play with your friends, things like that. And, see kind of how sometimes not necessarily following the fallout four method gives your game time to breathe in my opinion. Right. Well, it depends on the type of game too, because I mean, I don't know my first real persona is persona five. And now if I hear a persona six, I'm going to be like sold. I don't need anything else. Give me, here's your money. Give it. You'll never see it coming. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And uh, bringing on the second point up, we put in your notes talking about indie games and early access. I really think that, I don't think that indie games need to like shoot off the gun and be released so quick. Like, Oh, here's an brand new indie game X coming out in two months because indie games don't have that hype and they don't have that ad machine that, you know, advertising machine money that these larger corporations do. Because when, when you have final fantasy 13s and kingdom hearts threes and you know, easy one, when you take call of duty, or World of Warcraft, you look, they've got the Activision advertising machine, dude. You're going to see it on NBA Finals, and you're going to see it on the NFL fucking Blimp Mobile Megatron thing. <laughs> I don't know. In the stadium, and you're going to see all these huge announcements. They're going to have product and advertising deals. You're going to go in and buy a bag of Doritos and Mountain Dew, and you're going to have their fucking Destiny codes printed on the Red Bull bottle. And, <laughs> and you, like, you... As gamers, we are okay. We're aware they've got this ad machine. They're ramping up. They know how to kind of drip feed. They have these these usually tend to be much larger games that they can give you a little slice, little slice of this. They can give you a little piece, but still not give you the whole game. Like you, like Destiny Two, the beta, the whole perfect example of what's going on with IGN's exclusive access this month with Destiny Two is a perfect example of spending your money on advertisements. Yeah, it's like hey. IGN's kind of hurting. They need some more uh, traffic. Cool. And we can get more stuff out there. And, and I think if all, if, if all the games go to this like short announcement to release cycle, that's so much. We, we get so many games now. That's so much to consume. You hear this announcement. All these games are coming out six months. Then the next day, okay, there's this new game announcement, new thing about this game, then about this game. And you, I think for me, at first, you'd think, oh, this is really cool. I'm getting all this gaming news at once. But then I think to the rocket punch mentality of like how we collect data and talk about topics and, and whatnot. And we like, just sit there going like catatonic. It's just like, uh, oh, I can't deal with that too much. You must construct additional pylons. I don't, I don't know. And I think having that breath and even talking about indie games, they don't have that advertising machine behind their back. You know, exceptions are going to be. Whether you think it's an indie game or not, it's an indie game. You know, we bring up No Man's Sky, and we talk about. Yep they they announced that well, I think like two or three years before the game was actually released. Mm-hmm. That might have been an instance where maybe we maybe that game should have followed that Fallout Four method. Maybe not as close to six months, but maybe like a year to eighteen months out. Then, because you think about with No Man's Sky, all the hype that game got every year was at the um, PlayStation conference at E3 or at PSX and Sean Murray's on stage showed all this other stuff and it built up and built up and built up. But with, uh, you know, Sean Murray and the goose with PR over at Sony side as well, kind of bungled by the time the game launched and 
you know, we all know the entire debacle of, you know, what was said as to what was actually in the game. And it kind of dropped the ball on that. If maybe there wasn't that two or three year gap to have everyone build up on all of this hype, if it had just been like 12 months, 18 months, like here's the game, here's what we're showing drip feed a little bit here. And then boom, here's the official game, you know, keep yourself pulled back a little bit, pull Sean Murray back a little bit, have Sony PR actually wrangle them in and kind of help them with the PR a little bit more would have helped them really a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, but to that end though, let's go back to Stardew Valley who ended up being an indie darling on steam and ended up just exploded everywhere onto everything. Yep. And that game was one dude and he got a little bit of help with, from Chucklefish games, but other than that, and there I mean, really wasn't much advertisement in that. I don't, no. I don't know what the announcement to release date. No, that game is the perfect uh, example of like word of mouth and just a sale happening online and people falling in love with it. Yeah, and that's that's a lot that indie games have to rely on is word of mouth. Is you know you put your indie game out there and people like it, and then hopefully your bigger sites like IGN and Gamespot and Polygon like, oh man, this game is really good. I want to write an article about it, and that spreads. You can go tell your friends. I told. Everyone on the team, Astroneer is fucking awesome. And you should buy this game, and it's great. And guess what happened? I bought the game. It's super good. And, and that game is an early access. Yeah. And then knowing that, you know, this is a beta of this game, and I understand that it, it, early access is this weird thing because they're when they announce it, it's available to play, quote unquote, but then you're going to have an official release date. But then it's like, if you were in the early access, you're like, oh, this game's been out for you your mind will say this game's been out for a year and a half i'm like well technically it kind of hasn't but it has yeah i mean well you've been playing you know pre-release builds yeah and that's i think bringing it bringing it around bringing it back home is i think that's why for me with gaming and release dates it it depends on the game is that it really depends on the game it depends on your situation and where you're coming from i think that games do need the time to breathe and get, you know, more than six months in order to get advertising and show people this is what this game is about. This is why you need to play this game. This is why you're going to have a great time in this world. It give again, from my perspective, it gives me these games that are announced and they're not coming for two to three years. It gives me something to look forward to um, when, you know, whatever I, I know that they have you know, they haven't announced it yet, but I know when Halo 6 comes out, I'm going to be super excited regardless of, you know, it's not going to be six months from when they announce it. It's going to be like a year or so. But announcing that, like, dude, I've got something to look forward to, but guess what? I've got something to play right now. Anthem is not coming out until next fall 2018, but I've got plenty of games I can play right now. And even just... I'm sorry to interrupt you. Anthem, hmm. is that the EA game? Yes, that's EA. The, okay, yeah. yeah. The, Titanfall Light. That's not no, Titanfall Light. No, 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 no. Light. It's like Destiny on steroids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Either Titanfall Light or Destiny on steroids. Take a pick. And it, even just taking even the further example of uh, Kingdom Battle, Mario versus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. Really yep. excited about that game. It wasn't officially announced until E3, and it's coming out in August. That that's a different kind of thing, though, because that's Ubisoft and Nintendo working together. Yeah. That. Well, yeah, and like I said, it. It depends on the game, and I think that you have to figure out what. Not every game is going to succeed based on following the Fallout, for example, of oh, announced and then six months later it's released or less. Right, but we also have to take into account that if you put Mario on anything, it sells. 
That's true. That lovable plumber bastard. You put his face <laughs> on anything. Hey, it's a me, Mario. <laughs> Yeah. And he's print print money print money that's I mean literally you just hold up a Mario logo and just people go insane press X to print money I thought that was to pay respects <laughs> you could be <laughs> sure but what are your final thoughts on release days what do you what do you got it, it's an interesting situation because depending on the developer and the publisher and their financial backing they may need it but then again they may not it's it's a very weird world, weird world we live in right now, especially with the indie scene, because half of them are coming out too early and they're not finished. The other half, they take too long and they run out of money and they don't have them, or yep. we're kind of like stuck in limbo. Yep. So that's true. I mean, there are a lot of games that kind of fall too far on those extremes, and and then we get like there's no double A publishers anymore, really. Like THQ Nordic is trying to come back. It is like that, and we, um, Ninja Theory is trying to bring that back with uh, Hellblade. Yeah, which total personal opinion, total side note. If you have not checked out Hellblade, Sen- Senua's Sacrifice, there are a ton of video documentaries on Ninja Theory, the developer's webpage. Check the game out; they've got a really good message for that game, especially to kind of help bring back the double A landscape. But I'm I'm that game hasn't barely been talked about, but I'm ready for that game when it comes out in August. I'm ready to play it, but continue. I'm sorry. No, I mean, it's just that kind of stuff. So I wish we had more double A publishers and we were getting some of those just above indie and just below triple A games. I just feel like we've lost a good part of the golden age. Yeah. Well, I mean, there people are trying to bring it back and hopefully as long as they bring that back and maybe, Find out what works best for. Well, and just be careful and don't overextend themselves. <laughs> exactly. Don't you know? Don't pull a no man's sky and extend yourself for three years, and then you know, oh, the expectations are built up so high that there's no way you can deliver on them. Or necessarily don't don't release so don't announce so close to your release date that the game might possibly fly under the radar. Yeah, that's another big issue that you could have. So I agree with you there. Yeah, that's a good conversation. Now it's the fun one. I, I don't know. Is this fun? Uh, I mean, part of me has tears going down my face. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it is very fun. It's very good. Uh, if if you ha- if you weren't on social media on this day on the thirteenth of July this past week, it was a very special birthday anniversary. However you want to call it, it's Metal Gear's thirtieth anniversary. Which Metal Gear was it? Rex or? Uh... Oh, I mean the, the series, the game since uh, the beginning. Oh, okay. We're not talking about the individual like Max. No, 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 no. <laughs> Happy birthday, Metal Gear Rex. No, it has. It's um, Metal Gear's 30th anniversary this past week, and since we weren't, we didn't have the show at the time. I figured we take a few minutes at the end of the show, just talk about Metal Gear and talk about kind of our favorite memories from the series, how the series has impacted us as gamers, and what your thoughts are. You know, Happy birthday, Metal Gear from way back when it was on the Nintendo and it was this eight bit, 16 bit weird, crazy game. And now it's, it's, I don't know what it is now. <laughs> now it is nothing but a memory in Kojima's soul. Till Metal Gear Survive comes out next year. Yeah. You ready for that? No, oh, God. nobody's ready for that. No. What are your thoughts? Like what, what's your history on Metal Gear? Let's talk about Metal Gear. So, um, yeah. So I started with, uh, twin snakes or the one on the GameCube. 
It's yeah. Metal Gear Solid, the Twin Snakes. Sorry, I, I'm looking at this massive list over here on the side, <laughs> and it's just like I definitely remember the Metal Gear Acid series and just the card battle stuff, and that was awesome. Which, to make it clear for people, Metal Gear Solid, the Twin Snakes, it was a GameCube exclusive game. It basically a remake of the original Metal Gear Solid. Yes, on the play from the PlayStation One, and uh, from there to the PSP games. And then the PSP games to Metal Gear Solid 4. And I have Metal Gear Solid 5, but I have not played it yet. You haven't played it at all? No. Oh man. I've I can't I, I didn't I I did not buy it new. No. I I've once the whole Konami thing, I bought it used. Because I didn't want them getting my money. Do what you gotta do, man. Hell, I've got it twice. Fucking got on the Xbox One and I got it on my computer because the itch. I was like, ooh. See, on my computer now, I have to balance between if it's really late night and I don't want to play anything Blizzard related. and like, do I want to play The Witcher 3 or do I want to play Metal Gear Solid 5? Because I want to beat those games, but they're so big. I just don't have the time. Well, plus, you know, with the power of your 1080, you can get things with better visuals. That's true. That's true. What just Any favorite memories from those two, from the games you have played? I will say Metal Gear Acid um, playing on the PSP while I just like in that time of life. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, look at it. and It's uh, 2004, 2005. Yeah. So playing that in high school on the yeah. PSP. Yeah. Oh, man. It's just between that and battle, like I, I know this is Star Wars, but between Metal Gear Acid and Star Wars Battlefront 2 on the PSP, my photography classes when we were not out taking pictures and developing film were entirely that my teacher was cool as hell. He did not give homework and he let half the class play video games. If we weren't doing photography. Okay. Let me let all the listeners know right now. I've got, I've got a supporter here. If you have never heard or played of metal gear acid, you are fucking missing out. It's one of the best portable metal gear games ever. One of the best card battling games. It, and I say card battling games, but it's... Mm, it's no, no, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and fix this for you. It's one of the best Metal Gear games. I agree. Like, hands down, it, what is it is a cross between like a card battling game and a tactical RPG. Yes, and stealth was immediately necessary. Yeah, very much. It, that, yeah, I really feel bad for anybody who did not get a chance to play that game. Go look it up online. That If you like tactical RPGs and the little card games, that's definitely 100% up your alley. It really hurts that they didn't come out with the third one for the Vita, but, you know, I understand. I get it. You know what, though? Honestly, this should be cheap enough now. Go to a mom-and-pop game shop, buy a cheap PSP, and pick up the Metal Gear Acid series. So They are so good. It like I, I I have very fond memories of that game and playing that. I think we we had it when when we worked together at that one, yeah. At one, yeah way back when when we first met. It was really cool. It I I'm gonna go ahead and put my fandom on the table. I'm a big fan of Metal Gear Solid. Big fan of Metal Gear series. Funny enough, I never played any of the Metal Gear games until I got the play. My dad got the PlayStation One, and we got Metal Gear Solid. I've played. All Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Played all those. Looking at the list here. Played um, Metal Gear Acid 1 and 2. Played Metal Gear Arcade. What is that? Garbage. I played Peace Walker a little bit. I haven't beat it. I played Revengeance. Haven't beat that one either. Um, Did you play the Pachinko game? Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) That cot trash. 
I'm about to get kicked out of Cameron's house. (laughs) Some of my favorite memories are, I really think that at the time, Metal Gear Solid was one of the most, maybe, I'd say one of the most, one of the more innovative video games out there. You never, you never played the original one for the PlayStation One. No, I didn't because I didn't get a PS One until the PS Two was already out. Yeah, and oh, I really like the Twin Snakes is awesome. I bought that game. I played it. Love it. But there was really something special about when the first game came out. I remember being a kid, being in middle school, getting that game, popping in the PlayStation One, and you know, spoiler, you know, it's too, it's old. Deal with spoilers, but like. Things that game did were so crazy that when, when you're fighting psych, one of the best fights, I think most crazy craziest boss fights ever in gaming is the Psycho Manus boss fight where you're gonna swap control ports. <laughs> yeah, in order to beat him, and I remember sitting there, I'm like, why is I don't know how to beat him? And then eventually, eventually, the game will tell you like Colonel Kimball comes on the radio, it's like switch over to controller port two he can't read your mind over there and then you switch literally pause the game pull out the controller and switch it over and then literally you're hitting him he's like i couldn't read your mind what are you doing and even just that even before that fight going in and where he's reading your memory card and depending on the game save data you had on the memory card he would make comments about your game like he would always tell me like you were you don't you don't say very often you're either you know, cautious or you're reckless or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, but even more than that, that's a big scene that everybody likes, but there's a particular point in the game where you need to contact, um, Meryl. Yeah. And they never tell you what her codec frequency is. And you had, to, it was so crazy that if you looked on the back of the jewel case for Metal Gear Solid, there's a, snapshot of snake talking to Meryl and it has the frequency and that's how you find out what the frequency is to talk to her. And it was like, as a kid, it was blowing my mind. Like, Oh my God, like this is kind of the meta in this game where it's kind of pulling that out of context and you have to, you know, switch the controller ports or look on the jewel case to actually figure out how to contact Meryl was so crazy to me. It was so awesome. I remember getting metal gear solid, helped introduce me to another game series that Konami did, um, Zone of the Enders. Yes. A very, in my opinion, a very big underrated game. I wish Konami would bring that back. Um, I was huge. The first one I was not a big fan of, but um, Zone of the Enders 2, the second runner, loved Zone of the Enders 2. And you, I mean, Will, you know I'm a big mecha otaku fan. Dude, I have it. I have the HD remaster on PS3. Oh, I mean, I, why don't they bring that digitally for PS4? How about that? Instead of Shadow, oh no, Shadow of the Colossus is cool, but also bring back Zone of the Enders. But then you have to talk with Konami and just all they're going to ask is, do we make money? And, you know, that whole ordeal. But Yeah, and then don't ever expect anything to be up Yeah. They're just going to go export as .ps4. No, they'll just... The, <laughs> Sony will say, give it to Bluepoint Studios. They'll take care of it. Like, and Bluepoint will go export as .ps4. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really appreciate Metal Gear for getting me into that franchise because, I guess, how that came about. I think that Zone of the Enders, either the first or the second one, when it released, had a demo of 
Metal Gear Solid 2. Which is why you bought Zone of the Enders. Yeah, and I got Zone of the Enders, but I'm like, ooh, anime-esque mecha otaku action. I'll, I'll check this out. And sure enough, it was... It, I was like, boom, I love this series, love this game. And it was... Oh, man. I'm looking at pictures of Zone of the Enders. Really loved that series. But Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater, loved it. Metal Gear Solid 4, had way too much fun with that. It literally is a movie. I didn't finish 4, but I basically went online, and there's a guy who painstakingly took all of the cutscenes from the Metal Gear game and made them. It's just literally like 8 to 12 hour long fucking movie. And you know what? It was amazing. It's great. It's awesome. It was literally a game surrounded by movies. Yep. And yeah. I'm 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 playing Metal Gear Solid Five. Like I said, I've bought it twice, and I've, I've I just have to beat it. <laughs> like I've played through the game. I know how it works. I've just enjoyed every minute of it, and I'm really Metal Gear should go down as one of the best, like one of the best series in gaming, in my opinion. Uh. Until Kojima left. Well, we we remember Metal Gear pre-Konami, pre-Kojima leaving. That's, right. that's how we remember it. Right, I know. I'm just saying, once he left, any trash Konami does to it afterwards, yes, that's not Metal Gear. It's, we don't, we black that from our minds. We literally do. But it, it, it's, I'm really, really thankful for Metal Gear and kind of, I think Metal Gear Solid was one of the first more mature games that I kind of got into as well. Um, so I'm, I'm really thankful for that. <clears throat> you know, there was cursing, there were blood and profanity and, and guns and boobs. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be a game. You put the poster up. It, I mean, let's be real. It's a Kojima game. There's going to be some kind of reason to have a scantily clad woman somewhere. And, and soldiers with explosive diarrhea in the cold. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go play Metal Gear Solid. Um, what your favorite one from the ones you've played Four, four. Um, primary reason is the evolution of the end. So when you, when you, from the moment you get Metal Gear Rex and go forward in that game all the way to the very end, it, it finally felt like, the climax happened and you were just on a constant rush of adrenaline all the way through me. I, the scene in the microwave. Yeah, man. I was like, what? This is, oh shit. This happened. So that, and then the, the final just CQC fight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those are like, if you've played, we played the first one that even that fight is great. Um, I've, I, I'll definitely have to say I haven't beat five yet, but Metal Gear Solid for me, hands down, my favorite. I've played it multiple times. The fucking torture scene is, oh my God, it's excruciating. I, I will say, do yourself a favor if you're going to play any of these games and master CQC before you get to the final fight. Oh, yeah. yeah, you got to be real good at that. You know what? There, there's a game that's not even on here. That's this is how deep I'm in the hole of Metal Gear. You ever play um, VR missions? No. This was a this was an extra disc as Metal Gear Solid VR missions. Basically, it was a hundred plus VR missions that you got to play. So basically, challenge maps. So All at right. Solid Snake, you'd have to shoot these targets in less than ten seconds or kill these guys with one with like three kill five people with three stinger rounds. Okay. And um, 
one of the big reasons I got that game was that they had a set of challenge missions where you got to play as the ninja. The cyborg ninja. Yeah. And dude, he was a badass motherfucker. And he went in there and started slicing heads off. Woo! It's great. It was great. In, but no, I like Metal Gear. Metal Gear, I think, for me, is one of the greatest, best series in gaming. Um, I think it'll go down as that, uh, regardless of what Konami does now that Kojima's left. And I, I think for me, bringing this on and talking about it as top, one of the topics of the show is, you know, happy birthday, Metal Gear. I think you've brought a, brought a lot of fans on board, maybe a lot of people who weren't gamers bringing it in because of mature content. I mean, this is came out in 87, but really, I mean, when you hit the mid-90s is when Metal Gear Solid, I think, really started picking up and kind of how Kojima could have brought that, that crazy ass story all the way around. And it, it, I think it touched on a lot of stuff that a lot of games didn't talk about before. It's like politics and, Oh yeah, no, it definitely did. The, the hyper detailed realism that Kojima had with the stuff he put in his games, particularly the guns and the weapons and things like that. Oh yeah. No, Oh God. (laughs) If, if people remember the met the snake eater scene where he's talking about his gun, like, Oh my God. And, I, you know, for me, I, I'm so happy that I got to play and become a fan of Metal Gear. I am as well, but I think the way I want to end this, thank you, Hideo Kojima. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Because is. without him, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't have Metal Gear. And I think we also that, wouldn't have Zone of Enders. Oh, man. Oh, that, that really hurts me, and I like... Especially the second one. The second one's great. I you can you could almost skip the first one, but the second one you gotta play. Must play. It's really awesome. There. Is that it? I'm good, man. We're done, man. We we're clicking we're 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 clicking around. What, what, Seth didn't even have to come back. Seth stay on vacation for like the rest of the however long you want to. Take your time. We got this. As as Will strokes like, hey man, you know it's cool. No, I mean, no, nah, it is what it is, but that's a whole lot of extra work. <laughs> yeah, that, that's agreed. It's definitely a lot easier when there's three people here. But listeners, thank you guys so much. This has been episode sixty eight of the Rocket Punch Cast. As always, you can always find all of our content, everything we do, over at rocketpunchgo.com. If you're looking to support the show and the Rocket Punch effort in any way. Go straight over to patreon.com slash rocket punch. Anything you support will help you get exclusive items that are only available to our patrons there. So definitely check that out. But other than that, I mean, honestly, ending the show, happy birthday, Metal Gear. What did you guys think? What are your guys' favorite memories of Metal Gear? Favorite game in the series? What are your thoughts on it being 30 years old? Almost as old as some of us is now. Uh, Let us know. You can always communicate us on social um, particularly on Twitter at Rocket Punch Go. Um, you can contact myself, Cameron, at C Kearns, or you can swing over with uh, Will. I'm at CT Gamer, and just be prepared. My Twitter feed is full of Dragon Ball. It is, right now it's Dragon Balled up. Um, I'm, I've been heavily watching Super. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I couldn't tell from your page. And you can also hit up Seth over at Darth Turner. Um, he'll be on Twitter over there. But other than that, guys, another great episode in the books. Cooking right along here. Hopefully, as we get out of this E3 funk, we'll get a lot more news to talk about. But I, th- I think we we always have good conversations when gaming news is light. So I, I can't complain. Nah, I'm good, man. Yeah. 
All right, guys, without further ado, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Until then, farewell.